Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, fellow animal lovers out there, and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. You know, I can't believe it's November already. And with November comes a very special day on which we honor veterans. So in keeping with that idea, I have invited a very special person to the program this morning. His name is Jim Stanick, and he is from Paws and Stripes, an organization that places service dogs with veterans. It's a great program on so many levels, and you're definitely going to want to stick around and hear about it. After our halftime break, our friend Christina Selter from Bark Buckle Up has some interesting information about how to keep your pets safe while traveling in cars. So keep your radio tuned to K-Mozart, and we'll get started with a brand new edition of The Pet Place after a quick message from the station. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on K Mozart. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to welcome Jim Stanick from Paws and Stripes to the program. Hi, Jim. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having us on, ma'am. I greatly appreciate that. Well, I like promoting organizations that do amazing work, and your organization, Paws and Stripes, definitely falls into that category. So I would like you to tell our listeners exactly what Paws and Stripes is all about. Well, Paws and Stripes um, actually originated um, off of my experiences um, on my three tours in Iraq. Um, I was an uh, airborne infantry soldier uh, with the United States Army. Mm-hmm. And uh, after my third tour, I wound up in a hospital in San Antonio, Texas, known as Brook Army Medical Center. And I uh, was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and a traumatic brain injury. Oh, wow. Um, and the only answer they had for me was nothing but a bunch of medication. So... Oh. Um, I got pretty sick and tired of it. Um, We tried about nine times uh, to get me a service dog and found, you know, every time the doors were closing, you know, I couldn't afford the ten dollars to $60,000 that it would have costed me. Yikes, is it really that expensive? Uh, depending on the program that you go through, it can be absolutely astronomical. Well, and does medical insurance cover it or any kind of benefit? Uh, no, not at this point because, uh, you know, I'm not blind. Uh, I'm not completely deaf. Um, I do not have a prosthetic. Um, you know, I don't look like I need a service dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, I guess, theory is, is that, yeah, well, we'll just keep the medication and we'll send him to therapy and he'll be fine. Wow. Um, and that's just, you know, of course, coming, my opinion coming off of my experiences and our re- a little bit of research that we've actually found out. Um, and uh-huh. what it's come down to was is uh, we actually found some trainers here locally in Rio Rancho mm-hmm. um, that said I could actually train my dog that I rescued um, out of a shelter. Um, and that we could train her to be my service dog, which yeah. I thought was kind of a pretty cool thing. I'm like, definitely. I'm like, what do you mean? I can train this mutt to be my <laughs> service dog? And they were like, yeah, you can train your mutt. And of course, I looked at them and said, uh, the only person that's allowed to call her a mutt is me. So <laughs> let's not go there again. <laughs> um, and what we found is through you know uh, some trial and error um, mm-hmm. and or a lot of diligent work on our half. Um, my wife and I actually founded this program, Paws and Stripes. Um, Lindsay, um, who is an absolute rock star uh, for our veterans and our dogs that are coming out of the shelters. Mm-hmm. Um, 
She is the CEO of this program. Um, I am also a co-founder and spokesman for the program. Wow. Um, and we do have trainers um, here on staff. And what we do is very unique. Um, it's not somebody training the dog and then passing it off to the individual with a disability. What we actually do is, is we bring the veteran in on the ground level. Um, there's a three-phase enrollment. Um, we make sure that everybody's ready to go. And then we actually go down to the local rescue shelter mm-hmm. um, that works with us. Okay. Okay. And then the veteran actually has a choice in their dog now. I oh, say that's that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I say that because it's kind of cool because that's what the veteran thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, but in reality, the dog's picking the vet. <laughs> um, anybody that's ever rescued a dog out of a shelter knows dang well the dog picks you. You sure. don't have a choice. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um and what's really interesting is is uh, that that dog is immediately adopted, um, goes immediately home with that veteran. Within three days, they start their first training session. Wow. Um, the program takes about six months, approximately. Six months? Oh, I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, you know, um, you, well, you got to take into consideration in the service dog world, that's actually kind of short. Okay. Um, a lot of times, you know, the dog is bred, and then somebody's got a trained puppy, mm-hmm. adolescent, and then skill sets, and it could take up to two years. Yes, that's true. Um, so, I mean, for us to get it down to six months and the veteran absolutely a part of all the training, um, living with that dog, bonding with that dog, um, you know, we kind of put two mutts together. <laughs> uh, you know, the veteran who's a jack-of-all-trades, master of nothing, uh-huh. um, you know, and the dog that that has been stuck. You know, and one of the things that I like to tell people is very simple. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you take a dog that's stuck in a shelter, isolated, doesn't get a chance or doesn't want to socialize, and really is not getting any love or really doesn't know what true love is, mm-hmm. well, you know, it kind of sounds like a vet with PTSD and a traumatic brain injury. Ah, okay. You know, you come out of combat, you you don't know how to express love to your loved ones. You don't know, you know, how to communicate with people. Um, you know, you want to isolate yourself because, you know, you really don't know what a vet goes through unless you've walked in those boots. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, a way for me to try to get the people to understand that side of it. Um, they train twice a week. Um, they'll train in group class um, okay. with all the other veterans mm-hmm. uh, and their dogs. Um, you know, and it's yes, we're getting the other dogs socialized and working on skill sets, but we're also getting the veterans socialized around other humans as well. Definitely, um, mm-hmm. which is a really great thing. And um, I bet it's a great way for people to network and make friends and exactly it's, learn uh, from each other's mistakes because I'm sure training a dog is is not an easy thing. No, you know what's really funny that we find, though? Um, You spend more time uh, training the veteran than training the dog. Okay. (laughs) Um, Because what you're doing is is you're you're going through, and I speak from experience because I am that vet, um, a lot of my emotions and everything that I've been through, I bottle up and I put in the bottom of my stomach. To never, I don't want to deal with it, I don't want to go there. I don't want to go out in the crowds because there's too many people. There might be a potential threat, and it's like, dude, you're in Walmart. <laughs> the only threat you might have is the old lady with the grocery cart that's going to come up behind you. Um, but, you know, with the mind, after so many life-or-death situations mm-hmm. um, in combat, the mind doesn't say that to you. The mind tells you that there's a threat everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, you kinda, you, you've now got your companion, your partner, um, and you go about life. Um, you know, there is a basic, uh, I think it's still 26 core commands um, before we even get into working with the veteran on their uh, disabilities and, and trying to work with them. 
Um, you know, Paws and Stripes would provide all the equipment, the adoption costs, the initial vet care, wow. um, all the equipment that is necessary, vest, patches, leashes, you know, the training collars, the whole nine yards. And That's then what it comes down to is we don't treat train. And I know some people go, uh-oh, you don't treat train? No, we don't. Yeah, that's how you get a fat service dog. Yeah, yeah well, that's how you get a fat service dog, and you get a vet walking around with a big bag of treats on his hip. It just doesn't—it doesn't look right. Uh-huh. <laughs> We've got to worry about enough stuff to remember to bring with us. Um, so, when it comes down to it, is, is we're an affection-based training program. I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, it's uh, you know, the dog gets a little bit of love, but the veteran is also learning how to love. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's pretty cool. Um, you know, we <clears throat> got the we've got the cost down. For this program, for a veteran to to go through it, approximately now about twenty five hundred dollars. Oh wow, that's uh, fantastic! And the veteran doesn't pay a penny. Yay! It's well, all where up. does all the money come from? All of money comes from uh, donations, sponsors. Um, you know, and we always need more donations and more sponsors. I mean, that's the way a nonprofit works. You know, I'm sure our listeners would probably love helping out. How can they find out more about how to? donate or or help you in any way do you have a website uh yes we do um and it's called uh wow it's called wow i'm a goofball i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> the website is pawsandstripes.org okay okay and i like to tell everybody uh it's pause as in dog paws mm-hmm. p-a-w-s-a-n-d-s-t-r-i-p-e-s.org um, people ask us where we came up the name uh I had a little. I did a presentation at a middle school yesterday, and it just kind of came out of my mouth. And I was like, "Well, you know, the paws of the dogs and the stripes of the vet." So it mm-hmm. kind of works out really well together. But you can go on that website. You can actually read some of our alumni's um, testimony um, who have graduated from this program and how it's benefited them and how it's benefited their families. Um, they can go on there. There's a donate button. We do sell T-shirts, stickers. Magnets for your car. <laughs> All the money that is raised off of uh, those those sales of those items, you know, we don't like to say we sell that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if you make a donation of this amount, you receive something um, for it. So, like, you know, you spend the the fifteen bucks on a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Well, you've just made a fifteen dollar donation to the program. You've got a T-shirt that you can now wear proudly. And you that's a great tool to tell everybody else across the country what the heck we're doing down here. And you are nationwide. I mean, you provide dogs to anyone anywhere in the country, right? Um, as long as the funding is there and then they can relocate to New Mexico for about six months, yeah, okay. at this point. And how many people are you serving every year? Um, you know, right now uh, we've graduated, I believe, 25 or 26 veterans. Oh, great. Um, in the, since June of 2010. Nice. Um, and, you know, I'm really proud to say we are graduating our largest veteran group on this coming Saturday, and we are graduating 11 veterans with their service dogs. Oh, congratulations. So, yeah, we're all pretty giddy and excited. It's like, <laughs> it's like did we really just gra- – we're doing 11, guys? That's awesome. That like, is awesome. You know, and the thing that we like to say very proudly is, you know, your average service dog program will put about four to five dogs out a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've kind of blown that out of the water. Um so we get very, very excited. We're very, very proud. Um, and people ask, well, Jim, what are you excited about? Well, you know what I'm excited about is is you're seeing these veterans who were on their last rope, um, last string. They didn't know where to go, what to do. And now all of a sudden they're back in life. They're rocking and rolling. They're not cured, mm-hmm. but they've got a great tool to utilize in their recovery process. 
That is fantastic. You know, I know there are a lot of folks who think that you can't make a good uh, service dog out of a shelter pet. What kind of success rate do you have with the animals that you're pulling from shelters and rescues? Uh, to give you an exact, like, statistical number, I, I, that's not my lane. I was an infantry guy. I'm kind of Barney style. So, <laughs> um, what I can tell you is that we have been completely successful um, with the dogs that we've gotten out of the shelters. And the thing to take into consideration is, is you know, we look for dogs between 18 months and four years of age, medium to large size um, They've got the puppiness out of them. They're ready and willing to learn. And what it comes down to is is we're not biased against a breed. I mm-hmm. mean, we, we've had pit bulls that have graduated our program. Great. Um, and what it comes down to is, you know, when you go to the shelter, nobody wants that older dog. They mm-hmm. all want the puppy. Um, and a lot of those dogs are being euthanized. And, you know, I guess in a sick and kind of twisted way, um, my mind says, well, you know what? You know, a lot of people call those dogs damaged goods. Well, I was damaged goods, and if you were going to euthanize the dog, you should have euthanized me, so why don't we give us both a chance, and why don't we watch us both succeed? That um, is wonderful. You know, it's, uh, I'll tell you what, some of the best the, the, some of the best dogs in the world are, are just these straight-up mutts that are coming out of these rescue shelters. <laughs> I mean, because you know what it is? is, is it, every dog needs a job, whether it's picking up your newspaper, whether it's snuggling with you on the couch, or whether it's being a service dog for, you know, a veteran with a disability. Mm-hmm. Every dog needs a job. They, you know, it, it, it just doesn't work if they don't have one. Right. They they kind of feel lost unless they have something to do. And, exactly. And what a great job for them to have. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and everybody also asks the question, well, do they get to be dogs? And I'm like, you need to understand something. My girl, Sarge, um, you'll see, you can see a photo of us on our website. Uh, that little girl is just now a little over four years old. I take her vest off, and she's like a nine-month-old puppy. <laughs> she's a complete dork. These, do- these dogs know the difference between, just like our troops, uh-huh. when they're in uniform and when they're out of uniform. Okay. And so they get it. So, you know, we, like I said, we're, uh, we don't use pinching collars on our dogs. We don't use big muzzles on our dogs. We, no, this is all about giving these dogs a new leash on life, and so the veteran as well. That's outstanding. Jim, I am just completely in awe of what you're doing, and I wish you continued success with Paws and Stripes. And listeners, please go visit pawsandstripes.org for more information. It's just a wonderful organization. Jim, thanks for stopping by the Pet Place today. Oh, ma'am, thanks for having us in, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Definitely. We need to take a very quick break now, but when we return, Christina Selter from Bark Buckle Up will be checking in to talk about the importance of seatbelts for pets. So stay right where you are, and we'll be back on K-Mozart. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show, and we were going to be speaking live with Christina Selter, but she actually is being detained with some car manufacturers. She's actually working with them right now trying to get a nice design for seat belts for pets in cars, which is a really good idea. Christina Selter is from Bark Buckle Up. And because this is such an important topic, we're going to go ahead and replay an interview we had with Christina a few years back where we cover some of the most important issues with regards to traveling in cars with pets. So here we go. Good morning, Christina. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Thank you. Okay, so Bark Buckle Up, what is this all about? (laughs) 
Well, Bark Buckle Up is actually a, a education program that's been traveling the nation, teaching and promoting pet safety in and around vehicles. Nobody thinks about it, but a pet flying through the vehicle can injure your passengers, the driver, and what we focus on is the protection of our first responders. Okay. Wow. Now, how did you get started in all of this? Well, of course, being a pet parent uh, oh. all these years, and thank you to my mother because, of course, she tolerated all the different pets through my childhood. Uh-huh. But basically, we were driving to the tide pools down in San Diego, California, when somebody screeched across red light. We hit our brakes, and one of our pets fell off the back seat. Oh. She wasn't injured, but she did not want to sit on that back seat. So we started investigating and bringing products and talking with uh, different people that we know that are first responders okay. and working with them and trying to locate good solid products that can keep the pets safe and everybody else. Okay, now I've seen dogs cross tied in the backs of uh, trucks, but somehow that doesn't seem that safe to me, especially if you were in a serious accident. Um, what do you suggest? Well, actually, uh, the back of the pickup is not safe. The animals do not survive. There are several states, including Maryland, that have pending legislation to outlaw pets in the back of the pickups. Now, Maryland is actually a very high rate of hunting dogs, and the hunting people are behind the legislation because they spend a lot of money on training, Mm -hmm. travel, and so forth with these pets that they don't want to lose them in an accident. And then, of course, NHTSA has a big focus this year in Oklahoma and Texas trying to convince people to be more careful in pickups because they have the highest rate of rollovers in those states, which a pet would never survive the back of a pickup in a rollover. You know, I've seen a lot of people, too, just carry their dogs, even though it's against the law, you know, without any kind of restraint in the backs of pickups. And I worked for many years for Orange County Animal Control and responded to a lot of uh, situations where the dogs jumped out because they saw something that was exciting to them and then they ended up getting broken bones and worse and or sometimes just making a sharp turn even at a slow rate of speed would toss them right out of the back and nobody would think about that which amazes me you've got this dog who's walking around back and forth all excited and and not even remotely restrained and I'm glad to see somebody's taking up their cause. (laughs) Thank you. It's the pet's cause and the passenger and driver. But our focus, as you know, uh, we're traveling the U.S. this year doing press conferences with first responders because people just don't think about it. We get emails all the time. Sometimes they're not very friendly. No. Um, But basically people don't understand the reasons behind securing your pet. It's the same as securing yourself, your child, or even luggage in the vehicle. It can become a projectile and either injure or kill someone, mm-hmm. or the pet could, as you say, jump out a car window or be launched through the vehicle through a windshield. Mm-hmm. These are expensive vet bills if the pet survives. Right. So it hurts your wallet, too. Mm-hmm. It's just best to secure them. Well, yeah, and they're your best friends. You should be securing them. I have a, I have no argument with that. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> now, now, how do you secure a pet in a vehicle? I mean, you can't just put them in a seat belt. So, so what do you do? Exactly. There are actually a ton of products out there. Of course, on our website, we actually bring products in, investigate them, test them with all different kinds of pets, small pets like rabbits, dogs, cats, birds. All animals need to be secured during travel. So there's car seats that are made specifically for a small animal, like a small dog or cat or a hamster or rabbit. There are (laughs) hamster people do go on vacations. A lot of people travel in RVs. Uh And with the economy, people are not flying as much, so they're driving more. So you need to look at these products. Um, Cats don't do as well in harnesses as the dogs do. Dogs love the harnesses. They work right with the human safety belt. 
There, a lot of them have been tested. One in particular has been crash tested, which we're hoping that we can move the industry into that standard, just like child safety seats okay. moved into full regulations and, and very good products. Well, how do you get an animal like a cat or a rabbit or a guinea pig to tolerate being restrained, especially for a long trip if you're taking them on vacation? The big dogs like the harnesses, but for your small pets, especially cats, they don't like the harnesses as much. At least mm -hmm. our cat does not. Uh -huh. They like the kennels or the carriers. They're soft, and there's metal, and then, the, of course, there's fiberglass or plastic kennels. But you don't just put them in this box-type environment and put it in the vehicle. You also need to tether those objects in the vehicle. So if in the back of an SUV or station wagon, you would use tethers to the D-rings. In the back seat, you could possibly use the human safety belt or, again, tethers. That box or kennel can fly also through the vehicle, sure. causing injury. Mm -hmm. So you want to secure everything in the vehicle to protect your passengers and driver and, again, our first responders because they get bit mm -hmm. or when they open the door, the pet runs out, causes a second accident. Now everybody's more upset. You've got a fatality and yes. another driver that's upset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's just better to secure them. Let me ask you something about using uh a carrier for a cat or even for a dog or, or for a bird or you name it, um, you, you want to have one that's fairly small, not one that they can really move around in a lot. Otherwise, they're going to have the same problems of getting thrown around in a vehicle. Is that correct? Exactly. For a small pet, you would use a small carrier. You wouldn't want to put them in a huge one. Now, they do need to be able to move around. Mm -hmm. Just like the products that are airline approved, you can go straight from your vehicle right onto the airplane, and it goes right under your seat for the small critters. Okay. For the larger dogs, they, of course, go in cargo, and they have bigger kennels for bigger dogs. Are they padded inside, though, to help withstand um, the impacts that the poor little guys would be going through if you had an accident? Exactly. There are a few on our website that we've inspected and approved, and they are padded on the inside. They're a okay. soft carrier. The bigger kennels, we have not found one that is padded, okay. the metal or the fiberglass. We haven't found one padded, but that would be a great product. Okay. <laughs> wow. So who do we write to to start encouraging people to make some more uh, secure and safe and comfortable carriers? Basically, you can go online, you can go to our website, you can search online pet safety products, pet mm -hmm. travel products, and start writing the companies that actually manufacture these products and ask them to either make additional products that might be useful for you and probably for a lot of other people, mm -hmm. or even ask them to improve their products. That's okay. Bark Buckle Up tests the products and we give feedback to the manufacturers. So I'm guessing your your website is BarkBuckleUp.com? It is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we should probably get the spelling just in case you have some unusual tricks in that. It's Bark, B-A-R-K, Buckle, B-U-C-K-L-E, up, U-P dot com. And no spaces or underscores or anything like nope. that. Nope, all one word. Excellent. Wow. Now, you've, you've probably no doubt um, seen some terrible statistics. Can you spout a few out so people realize that this isn't just a little trivial thing that we're talking about today? Well, actually, Bark Buckle Up went ahead and did a statistic last year. We're getting ready to do it again. We requested the documentation, the paperwork, for Department of Transportation through Berkeley here in California. And basically, this is a, a stack of paperwork that police actually use to calculate how many people are wearing their seat belts. All we did was take it, change it a little bit, and uh, put it to pets, how many pets are traveling, not just buckled, but are they buckled correctly. Okay. And we came out with... 98% of pets that were traveling where we did the statistic uh, testing were not secured correctly. Some had a seat belt on them or their leash hooked to a, 
a uh, seat, but that's really not going to keep them from flying through the vehicle. Sure. We're getting ready to do that statistic again, and we'll get you the facts on that one. Okay. And how about uh, injuries and fatalities? Do you have anything? You know, we went. Uh, we just did a press conference with uh, Southern California, uh, Orange County Fire Authority, Orange County Sheriffs, and Orange County Highway Patrol. And Highway Patrol let us know that there were several hundred accidents that they had actually had the data on that were pet-related. Either the accident was caused by driver distraction or the pet was injured. Now, none of the agencies are actually collecting that data. Okay. So we created the Bark Buckle Up Stat Tracker, and basically agencies can put the information in there so that by the end of a year's time, we can give the information back and they can look at it more accurately on what they can do to help us improve traveling safe with our pets, which protects them, and mm-hmm. of course that's the goal, make their job easier and safer. Okay. So well, there are statistics good. out there. So so you're you're just kind of getting the wheels in motion right now then. Exactly. Okay. And actually another thing that kicked this off is the hotel industry and travel mm-hmm. industry. Pet-friendly hotels and resorts went up 300% from 05 to 07. Now that's from the APPMA, mm-hmm. and that's a very clear statistic that it's a trickle effect. If you're traveling with them more often and there's more friendly pet places, Sure. How are you getting from A to B? Are you mm-hmm. doing it safely, just like you do with your children? Well, let's tell everybody one more time how to find out more information about what you're doing. They can visit our website, BarkBuckleUp.com. There's a contact page, but there's a lot of information on there for people to read and learn about different products that are available. Okay, and then also where they could get those products and price ranges and all that good stuff. Exactly. The links on the website from the products page go right to the manufacturer, so you get the information straight from the manufacturer. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much, Christina, for coming down. I know you had a long drive up here to the radio station today, but I think this was really important. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed our interview with Christina Selter from a few years back. Again, this was an excellent topic on the importance of making sure your pets are safe in vehicles. Now, we need to take a very quick Pet Place break now, but when we return, we'll be right back with Pet Place news and events here on K-Mozart. on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Okay, how many of you listeners out there love spaghetti? Well, guess what? From 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. today, you can combine your love for animals with your love for pasta by joining the folks of German Shepherd Rescue of Orange County at the Spaghetti Bender Restaurant in Newport Beach. Bring your family, bring your friends, and bring your appetite. And while there, be sure to check out a fabulous silent auction with some pretty spectacular items. It's a delicious and fun fundraiser that you won't want to miss. For more information, visit www.gsroc.org. And don't forget to check out our website at www.petplace.org to send us your comments or suggestions for the show and see what other fun animal-related activities there are on the Pet Place calendar. Well, that's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend with more of the Pet Place here on K-Mozart. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spare new to your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.